Welcome back to Generals and Napoleon. Episode 39, General Moreau, the ill-fated rival of Napoleon. This episode is brought to you by NapoleonicImpressions.com. Check out their website for unique gifts and souvenirs inspired by the Napoleonic era. During his 15-year reign as leader of France, Napoleon had many rivals and enemies within his country's borders. Some were skilled poker players who knew when to play their cards and when to keep their treachery hidden. In this category, Marshal Bernadotte and Foreign Minister Talleyrand come to mind. Others, such as Moreau, were not so skilled at hiding their intrigues, and this would eventually lead to his disgrace. This is unfortunate, as Moreau was a talented general in the field and could have perhaps become a marshal of the empire if his ambition, his wife, and his politics hadn't interfered. Moreau's story is one of the more tragic ones to emerge from the Revolutionary Wars of the 1790s. If he would have played his cards right and allowed himself to be subservient to Napoleon, he perhaps could have taken his place in the pantheon of great generals such as Massena, Lan, and Davout. Instead, Moreau made increasingly poor decisions that caused him to lose his job, be arrested and tried in court, and then banished from his own country for almost a decade. Finally, he added one more terrible decision by returning as a traitor before finally being killed on the battlefield. As he lay dying after having his legs severed by a cannonball in 1813, he must have wondered how everything went so wrong for him when 15 years earlier, he was one of the best and brightest generals in Europe. Jean-Victor Marie Moreau was born in the Brittany region of France in February 1763. His father was a prominent lawyer and wished for his son to take a career in the legal field. After studying law for a time at the University of Rennes, young Moreau became the leader of the students in the school in 1789. He also became a stern Republican, even after his father was guillotined during the Reign of Terror. In 1791, Moreau was elected lieutenant colonel of a volunteer battalion. Moreau was described as physically stout with a stature over six feet tall, On the battlefield, he was calm and collected. He avoided unnecessary risks, but knew instinctively when to be aggressive with his troops. He also devoted himself to military science and soon became a keen tactician. By 1793, he had risen to the rank of Brigadier General. By April of 1794, he was promoted again to General of Division and Moreau soon won a string of victories and sieges. He also assisted in the conquest of Holland under his commanding general, Pichegru. By the opening of 1796, Moreau was commander-in-chief of the French Army of the Rhine. After initial successes against the Austrians, he suffered a defeat against their best general, Archduke Charles. However, his retreat was masterful, and Moreau still managed to capture 5,000 prisoners. 
but it was still a loss for his military record. Moreau's star was further dimmed that year by an upstart French general named Napoleon, who was winning victory after victory in Italy. In 1797, Moreau discovered a conspiracy involving his former boss, General Pichegru. During a battle, Moreau had captured correspondence between Pichegru and exiled Bourbon royals of France. Moreau didn't immediately report his findings to the Republican government due to his loyalties to Pichegru. The government later found out about Moreau's intrigues and stripped him of command. Pichegru was deported from France. General Moreau's best chance for grabbing power came in 1798 while Napoleon was away in Egypt. The French government appeared weak after the army suffered several defeats at the hands of the Russians and Austrians. But sadly for Moreau, he lacked the political courage to make that power grab. Hard to blame him, though. In France at that time, if you made a bid for power without proper support, you could very well find your head on the chopping block of the guillotine. Napoleon knew the importance of proper timing for a coup, having pulled off the feat twice in his career, first in 1799 and again in 1815. Getting back to our story, General Moreau was called back to the front in Italy after Russian General Suvorov ran over several other French generals in battle. Moreau was soon added to the list when he lost the lesser-known First Battle of Marengo in 1799. Later that year, he surprisingly assisted his rival Napoleon in his coup for power. As much as Moreau despised Napoleon, he preferred him over return of the Bourbons under Louis XVIII. Months later, a resurgent Austria again challenged Napoleon's dominance in Italy. While the First Council was on his way to glory at the more famous 1800 Battle of Marengo, Moreau was assigned to his old post along the Rhine. Owing to pride, ego, and jealousy, Moreau could not bring himself to follow Napoleon's orders to the letter. The First Council offered a plan of outflanking the Austrians by a push from Switzerland, but Moreau opted not to follow the plan. He won a quick battle in January 1800 at Hochstadt against the Austrian army, but then suffered a setback in a skirmish at Ampfing. Moreau then won a brilliant victory against the Austrians in the December 1800 Battle of Hohenlinden. The French inflicted 14,000 casualties against the Austrians under Archduke John, while only suffering 2,500 on their end. It was Moreau's signature victory, but it must be noted that he was ably served by the men under his command, including future marshals Ney and Grouchy. Napoleon was pleased with Moreau's victory and rewarded him with a pair of custom-made pistols. Moreau also got married around this time to a domineering woman named Eugenie Hulot. She was a relentlessly ambitious woman who constantly chided her husband for his weak political acumen. It was said that Moreau had turned down the hand of Hortense, daughter of Napoleon's wife, Josephine, which probably would have secured his place in the empire. Instead, his new wife, Eugenie, 
urged him to continue his subversive efforts against Napoleon. The couple formed the, quote, Moreau Club, end quote, made of people who were discontented with Napoleon and mocked his policies, including the creation of the Légion d'Honneur, an award that Moreau refused to accept. Moreau became part of a conspiracy again with Pichegru and another conspirator rebel named George Cadudal, who was financed by the British government. Cadudal had earlier been involved in the most famous assassination attempt against Napoleon in 1800. The famed Infernal Machine was a large cart loaded with 200 pounds of gunpowder, timed to blow up as Napoleon's carriage passed by it on the way to the opera. Owing to luck or incompetent assassins, Napoleon's carriage avoided the explosion and the assassination attempt failed. The explosion did kill five people and injure another 26, but Napoleon emerged unscathed. In August 1803, the conspirators were plotting again. Their aim was to assassinate Napoleon and pave the way for a Bourbon restoration. Pichegru allegedly had the full support of Moreau, and the two secretly met in January of 1804. But it became clear during that meeting that Moreau, a Republican, would not support a return of the royals. Around the same time, the French police arrested a British agent who, in order to save his life, revealed details of the plot, including the involvement of the two generals. Napoleon ordered their arrest. Moreau was arrested on February 15th and Pichegru on February 26th. Two months later, Pichegru was found strangled in his prison cell. According to the police, it was a case of suicide. Cadudal, Moreau, and the other conspirators were brought to trial shortly after. Cadudal and 11 accomplices were executed on June 25, 1804. Moreau, for whom there was great popular sympathy, was sentenced to two years imprisonment. Napoleon changed the sentence to exile. The departure of the second most popular general in France cemented Napoleon's control of the army. Moreau arrived in New York City in August 1805 to begin his exile, and then he spent the next eight years along the East Coast, primarily in New Jersey. He enjoyed the tranquility he found there, surrounded by friends and other exiles, but he kept a constant eye on the events in Europe. He repeatedly turned down offers to take up arms against his former country. He turned down other interesting offers as well. It was said that U.S. President Madison offered him command of the American army during the War of 1812. However, Tsar Alexander of Russia finally coaxed Moreau back to the front with gold and a position on the Allied staff. Moreau's wife also pushed him to return to Europe. The couple heard of Napoleon's disastrous 1812 invasion of Russia and thought the time was right to return to the political arena of Europe. It wasn't. Moreau arrived about a year too early. Moreau immediately saw action in August 1813 at the Siege of Dresden against Napoleon. Moreau and Baron Jomini, the former chief of staff of Marshal Ney, 
advised Tsar Alexander during the battle. In this rain-soaked engagement, Napoleon decisively beat the Allies again. In the heat of the battle, a French cannon, allegedly sighted by the Emperor himself, was fired at a group of the Allied commanders who were on horseback. The cannonball hit one of Moreau's knees, then went through the body of his horse, then tore off the calf muscle on his other leg. Moreau was hauled to a nearby farmhouse where he had both legs amputated by Alexander's personal surgeon. He passed away a week later on September 2nd, 1813. It was said that both armies shrugged and declared his death to be divine judgment. Reportedly, his last words were, quote, Be calm, gentlemen. This is my fate. End quote. Tsar Alexander had Moreau's body transported to St. Petersburg, Russia, where he was buried at a Catholic church. The Tsar also gave Moreau's wife a Russian pension. He's also given the rank of marshal posthumously, by King Louis XVIII. His wife, Eugenie, outlived Moreau by eight years, passing in 1821. As a general, he showed himself to be brave and capable of directing intricate maneuvers with his troops. Moreau's battle record was an impressive 17 wins against only seven losses. By Napoleon's own admission, he was the finest general during the directory government. His fatal flaw was a penchant for bad timing. Despite his late career treachery, Moreau's name has the honor of being inscribed on the Arc de Triomphe in Paris. I believe this says a lot about his ultimate contributions to the army and to the country of France. I believe we will finish up on this point. Join us again next time when we learn about Tsar Alexander. As always, thank you for listening.